I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And we have a special guest again today, Vaughn. Hello, it's me again. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Today we watched the uh, not very well-known sequel, or it's a prequel, uh, Joseph, King of Dreams. This is a prequel to The Prince of Egypt in terms of like the Bible story happens before that Bible story, basically. They don't actually really connect in any way. But yeah, that's what we watched today. Who would like to do a brief spoiler-free plot synopsis? I can take a crack at it. If you want. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So uh, Joseph is born to uh, apparently some parents that are older than normal and so is thus considered a miracle child. Um, He gets treated differently because of this, which makes his family, his siblings, jealous. And um, they, as a consequence, sell him off uh, into slavery and then some shenanigans happen and uh, blah, 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 spoilers. Yeah. Um, without getting into spoilers or details, would you recommend this movie? Eh? It's a solid eh. I'm on the fence. I'm not. No. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I am not about this movie. (laughs) Pretty pretty quickly, this movie made me want to stop watching it. So, not about this movie, wouldn't recommend it. It was a stark contrast to Prince of Egypt. Yeah. And I was, so I was expecting more and I must say I was disappointed. I don't think it's the worst thing you could watch, but I can't say that I necessarily recommend it because I don't know. It's not it just, super compelling, is it? No. The story. I think if you're a person who, you know, wants to see a visual representation of, you know, the Bible stories, it's a good option for you. Otherwise, it's kind of like, do you have other things you enjoy doing? Maybe those instead, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I would say, yeah, I would say it's a step up from like some of these like videos that I used to watch or, or, or that would be made Bible stories, you know, that I would show the kids or I would see or something. It's definitely a step up. I would say production value wise, it is above what I would expect of a Christian movie, like this based on Bible tales, emotionally and storytelling wise, exactly what I would expect. So that's what I have to say about it. We'll get more into it after whatever. I don't know where I'll cut here. Let's get specific. Before we get into that, um, I just want to say my fun facts Development for Joseph started while the Prince of Egypt was being made. Um, so a lot of the same uh, behind the scenes crew, like not higher ups, but like animators and stuff. I don't know. It's vague. Worked on both films and the uh, group of ministers that served as consultants on the on Prince of Egypt also did on this one. Co-director Robert Ramirez has said that whilst the reviews for the film had generally been very good, there was a period when the film was not working very well, when the storytelling was heavy-handed and clunky. And um, I'm sorry, Robert, but that period never ended because that's what the whole movie is. Um, 
Honestly, reading the Wikipedia page for this movie was really depressing because there was a lot of quotes from people who worked on it that talked about how they kind of struggled to find the movie worth telling, like to find the human humanity within it to make it compelling. And their quotes generally insinuate that they did eventually find that, but they didn't because... That there's nothing compelling in this movie. And I can see areas where there could have been, but they're not. So that's how I want to start this fun chat off. Okay. I like it. <laughs> well, I do I do think there was some character development and there were some connections that I liked, but it was not nowhere, especially having just seen Prince of Egypt. Oh, it's I know, just right? there's just no no Such comparison. A step down. It is. I mean, because the the intricacies and the nuances of the relationship between um, Ramses and Moses was so well done. And this, it, this was just a, a letdown in comparison. And, you know, I like, I like try to cut it slack in like the sense that um, Return of Jafar is obviously a huge step down from Aladdin, both in terms of production quality, because they're not able to, meet the same quality level of animation and and everything as a feature film that's going to be put in theaters and fully backed by Disney and everything and or fully backed by DreamWorks in this case like it's never going to be able to reach that bar but I still enjoy Return of Jafar and I still it still felt like it had a story to tell and this doesn't or rather it just feels like it's retelling a bible story it doesn't Feet, like the Prince of Egypt found the emotional core that they wanted to go with of like Moses's character journey and the tragic brotherly conflict between him and Ramses. And this didn't find anything like that that was kind of the heart and soul of the movie. And I see spots where it feels like it almost wants to do that with the brotherly conflict, but it doesn't do enough to reach it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I agree with that. This was a very short movie, and I don't normally say a movie... Well, I, I, I kept looking at how lo- much longer was left, so... <laughs> well, hear me out. I, I don't normally advocate a movie being longer that wasn't poorly done, but if they if they had made this longer, I'll tell you where they could have made this story come together. That would be establishing the relationship between Joseph and his older brother, maybe, um, or and or even the whole family dynamics, because no offense, those parents sucked raw eggs. I mean, who <laughs> does that? Who sits there and says, this is our miracle child yeah. and he's and, and set him, sets him apart that much from the other children. No wonder those guys hated him. I mean, they... The whole opening, I was like, I get it, guys. I get why you're going to do what I remember you do. And it wasn't his fault. It was the total parents' fault. Why did they not even, like... Um, you know, play up. We all have special gifts and roles and these are, you know, I his, do want to point out the one thing with Joseph's character that was confusing to me, though, because the audacity of singing, I am a miracle child up yeah. on a mountaintop while <laughs> your brothers are working in a field yeah. and then also like going up to them and trying to get them to play ball when they're clearly working and like can't and you have the luxury of not working like they are. And then a little later in the movie, he's like, I want to be like them and stuff is like, do you? Because you seem to quite enjoy not having to be like them. 
And so it's it's hard to fig- feel out where Joseph's character supposed to be at in the beginning because those two things are like so contradictory. Also, exactly. Exactly. At one point, he literally does pull the I'm telling, you know, mom kind yes. of thing. He's like, you just wait till father hears about this. Like, well, <laughs> That was probably a poor choice. Well, and okay, and here to me is what I say a quick fix. I mean, you know how we had how they did they did some of that here the the montage songs where you show over time or you tell a lot of story in throughout a song. Well, my goodness, the older brother was admired by everything. Why didn't you, from the time he was a little toddler, you sing him trying to emulate the oldest brother and the oldest brother being kind of his little protector and him being his little shadow and him wanting to be, you know, kind of like them, but then, okay, I have to do something differently. So it was almost like, you know, he wanted to be and be like the brothers, but Yet he, you know, it was almost a pun. Well, I say punishment, but it wasn't. It was a disappointment to not be able to do that. Do something. Build some kind of dynamics and relationships to establish, you know, that that older brother did have some guilt, and also to establish something good about, you know, Joseph's character initially because he was yeah, not he a very sucks so much yeah, in the beginning. I know. I mean, I I don't. <sighs> I, I think it's lazy to not let your protagonist be likable. I mean, and it took me a long time to like Look, to like we Joseph. Have watched, uh, we have watched Klaus, and all of us have seen The Emperor's New Groove. You can have an unlikable protagonist that you actually still like in some way, because they're compelling in some way, but they're also, like, a jerk. Is there anything, and it, it's been a while since I've actually read this story in the actual Bible, but is there anything in the original text, maybe Jan, I don't know if you know, where they suggest that Joseph is kind of a little jerk? Like, I don't, I don't remember thinking that about him in the original story. I thought it was just kind of like, oh, he's this nice kid who has dreams and his brothers are jealous because their, you know, father kind of favors him as the youngest and so they get rid of him. I never, that yeah, was never my interpretation of him being like, kind of uh, in his own head or like having a big ego yeah i in but fact, then he wants to be like them so yeah, what is the truth i don't know i, I think <laughs> right he- yeah i i don't remember that either in any stories in fact i do recall though that they first wanted to murder him but then the oldest brother or somebody is like talks them into having him they're like we'll pull back on the murder thing (laughs) that's a step too far but eternal servitude is okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah. so but again they could have made joseph so much more likable and they could have made the the family dynamic so much better and again not made the parents seem like absolute idiots you just uh, and just they were just like terrible about it Yeah. yeah yeah it was like they like like joseph and the mom and dad were their own family unit, and then the brothers. I mean, that that didn't endear me to the parents and at what's all. What's weird is is that they didn't even have like a tone shift for the parents for when the brothers were like, "Well, what about Judah? He's the oldest." You know, like they had that conversation where the brothers said point blank, "You guys are treating him different, and it's not okay." And then he was just like, "Yeah, but God." And then he was like, "Bye, son." <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, yeah, because like, they, oh, okay. <laughs> exactly. They hadn't even established the family as being this 
devout to God, whatever, really, they didn't establish that well. And that they tried to do everything and follow God or whatever. If they had had done, done something, but it was just lazy storytelling, I think, because they just did not... Yeah, they, that was not established well. Because again, there was just nothing then redeemable about the brothers. And there really was nothing likable about the parents or Joseph or anybody else. Yeah, yeah like what uh, Judah like looks kind of sad as he turns away with the money that he got for selling <laughs> right. his brother. And that's like it. Oh my gosh. Jacob's just like, I don't make the rules. Good luck, sons. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> okay. It's like, I don't make the rules. He's just better than you, yeah. and you have to deal with that. Come look at your scrolls, son. I'm going to teach you how to read Sanskrit. Uh, you guys go look after the sheep or something. Like, all 12 of you. <laughs> it's like, God, you couldn't have taught even one of those other guys how to read right? Egyptian. No, they're just, you see, they're just too stupid, these boys. Oh, so bad. They can't learn anything. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's I don't just... understand those choices. That's that's really what got me. It's like, okay. Yeah. yeah. I was just so emotionally uninvested in this story. And like the whole time. And like the beginning is where you've got to hook me. And and skipping ahead a little bit just for my comment, not to really discuss the scene yet, but there's a point where Joseph is in prison and we're supposed to be feeling sad for him and stuff. And I said to Valerie, like the the core of storytelling is that you have to make me care about the character for me to care about when they're going through hard times. I feel nothing like because you never made me care about Joseph at all. Exactly. I, I felt more for the tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it got trampled. You're like, oh, yeah, good tree. Yeah, uh, I was very, very happy the tree was growing and thriving, especially after being smushed, you know? <laughs> This, this probably says more about me than anything about Joseph, but what I did like about his character is that he was just, like, so passive about everything that happened to him. He was getting wronged <laughs> left and right, and he was never like, man, F you guys and F this, and I can't believe you do this to me, you terrible bleep bleeps, and I would have been, like, such a rage beast if somebody did all that stuff. He was getting screwed just everywhere you turned, and he was just like, no, I guess I'll take care of a tree now, and I forgive you, and I was just like, what? what? Come on, man! Like, Well, and, until later stuff, but that'll be in the spoiler yeah, section. Yeah, that's true, but that that was makes like, it weird. It honestly just makes it weird because yeah, yeah, yeah everything like else that, that happened until... to him is just like wait, no, you're you're selling me. I, I wait, hang on, you guys, you guys, and then just <laughs> like every time, every yeah. time he got screwed over, he was just like, but hang on now, wait a minute, oh no, and then <laughs> just like let it happen. Yeah, yeah, well, it was like, no, no, the the quote was something like, um, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. Oh, my okay. Okay. Well. I, at one, when he's talking to those guys in prison or whatever, he's talking about how he has the, the dream visions or whatever. And, and they like ask for explanation or whatever. And he's like, I just do some kind of <laughs> gift. And I'm like, okay, Joseph. Right. And then later when he's being sad for himself, he says, no one cares. And I put, neither do I, Joseph, about the movie. Oh, but you know what's <laughs> interesting about the dream thing is if you think about it, up until that point, he'd only had one dream that actually came true when he was... Right? Because because the second one didn't get fulfilled until way later. 
So he was based off of exactly one dream. He was like, yeah, it's my thing. Yeah, I have a gift. Yeah, it's, it's kind of this thing I do. Yeah, just remember one and, dream. And, and it also doesn't make sense to me because, like, what, his power was just to have the dreams, not interpretation of them like that's there was an emphasis in the beginning put on oh you interpreted this dream so well it was just like an obvious dream where wolves were attacking a sheep like there's nothing to interpret but then in prison he's like oh i i'm just great at interpreting dreams i'll be able to tell you what oh, your dream and the first was about. one wasn't even interpretation that was a literal thing that happened <laughs> <laughs> so so he had a sample size of basically zero, if you think about it. But then he was like, I got this gift. <laughs> so, oh, my yeah. So, I get, yeah, another point for storytelling is that, yeah, that was not established. And that is absolutely something they should have and could have done. Established that that was his gift. Again, it could have even been a reason why the brothers resented him more you know that he started interpreting his dad's dreams or you know anybody else's and yeah and then sure, he had his yeah. own dreams i, I remember in the biblical story that coat being a way bigger deal than it was it was right. kind of like that's she, all i remember <laughs> of the of this story <laughs> it was like she made it for him because he was special and then they were like oh joseph gets a fancy coat huh but in the movie, he had that thing for so long before they were like, oh, Joseph and his fancy coat. So it was like, I, it really wasn't that big of an iconic symbol like it was in the original story, I thought. Well, and again, I mean, how else, I mean, oh my gosh, talk about just putting a neon sign to hate me, hate me, is, I mean, oh my gosh, from the second this kid is born, he's the miracle child, he's separated, you all, you know, we're going to keep him, again, he he can't interact almost with you all because he's just going to hang out with mom and I, and then we're going to make him this fancy coat, and then we're going to just keep telling you what a miracle he is, I mean, oh my gosh. I actually have one, and we can keep doing story stuff if you want, but I have one voice acting note, which is, your brothers, where are they? I asked you a question, like immediately. Like that beat, the, the amount of time I put between those two sentences is the amount of time he gave Joseph to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, is it bad? I don't even remember that already. <laughs> no, it's not bad. I was just actually out. taking notes at that point. So I kind of just stopped after a certain point because I had nothing to say. I was just so tired of all of it. But <laughs> that just amused me like, yeah, it was just silly. Do we have anything else with story characters or voice acting that isn't spoilers? Um, or should we go into animation? Well, just that I was just going to say without getting into spoiler territory, when he uh, became, you know, was a slave in Egypt and then he got, you know, promoted and ended up working with the Pharaoh. And, and even before that, when he met the, oh, I forgot the character's name, who was... Asimov or... Oh, Pontifar? Potifar? Yeah, Pontifar. Yeah, Pontifar's niece. Um, and all of that is when the story started being somewhat interesting to me, at least not, you know, at least made me want to, okay, I, you know, I want to see what's happening next. I'm and so glad I, that happened for one of us, at least. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I did. I mean, that's when, you know, because primarily I liked, I liked Pontifar and, uh, and the niece and, 
and the cats were really cool to look at. <laughs> and, and some of the things, you know, with that was at least a little, you know, at least a little bit entertaining to me. And those characters, I guess, too, is the only relationships that I thought had any kind of nuance at all was the relationship between Joseph and Pontifer, the relationship between Joseph and the niece. And I do like the her influence over Joseph, I do like that they continued that. And I feel like they gave her something to do and that she was, she helped him be a better version of himself. I do. I feel like, I mean, I don't feel like it was real well developed, but, but there was something there. Do you think at any point later on, he was like, Hey, you remember your aunt when she was like coming on to me? Oh, <laughs> do, you think, do you think he, he ever oh brought that because when it, when I first saw her character, I have a lot to talk about that with oh. in a later section. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh boy, yeah. We don't have to go into it now, but I when I just say when she first came up, I was like, oh, I must be imagining things, and then as it went on, I was like, no. oh, no, <laughs> no, I'm not. That's literally where this is going. Okay, but we'll discuss it later. Actually, since we're going to be starting animation, I do have one note on that. The queen's facial expression is very evil, sexy lady, like, until the scene where she's pretending to cry. Like, her expression almost never changes at all the whole time up to there. And it was like, are you human? Why do you constantly have bedroom eyes and also look like you might stab me? Uh, Yeah, I didn't like her um, facial animation or rather the lack of it. Yeah, kind of like those eyebrows arched and I don't know, that constant kind of... uh... Just her whole look, her whole expression constantly was like, "Mm, yeah, and I hated it. Yeah. Joseph's dreams are artistically interesting, but also why are they like Van Gogh paintings? Oh, yeah, I noticed that. It was like Starry Night in one of them. Yeah, like, it's it's interesting visually to look at, but thematically, what in the world does that add? Because it's not like that's just a style, like that makes everyone who's seen a Van Gogh painting think of Van Gogh. But he ain't alive yet. And, like, he has nothing to do with this story thematically. So why is it like... Like, it's not enough for me for an art to do... A movie to do a fun art thing. I need for there to be some reason for it. And there's none here? Yeah, that was weird. It, it's not even like it was really neat and artistic, like in in um, Prince of Egypt, where they had the hieroglyphs become part of the animation or anything. So it didn't. There was nothing in in context for the movie to make that style make any sense. Like in comparison, like the hieroglyphs being part of it. So I don't get it. Me neither. <laughs> that's cute I'm just gonna say it the CGI in the Pharaoh's dream was atrocious oh man I 
I thought it was interesting it was so the way they chose to represent those diseased cows. Like, I would have never in my life imagined giant pillar cow statues falling over. Thank a- you. Thank was- you. I kept, I kept like, looking and re-looking at the screen. Like, am I missing something? Are there some cows I'm not seeing? Yeah. I, the, I was- the horn sprouted out of its head. I was like, oh, oh, those are the... Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. It, but it was very much like that scene from Hook spoilers where the crocodile watchtower falls on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You know, I was like, ah, okay. Somebody liked that movie too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hook. I love that movie. I love it. Should do a bonus episode oh about that God. movie sometime. Can I be on it, please? <laughs> and correct me if I'm yes. wrong, but the, but the, the seven stalks of grain look like one tall tower thing too. Yeah, I didn't. It I was thought, weird. Well, there's like seven emblems of grain on it, but I didn't stop to count because I didn't care. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't write this down. But okay, so after he convinces the pharaoh and he gets to be high up or whatever, they make the silos that has the food in yeah. it. And like, there's got to be some underling who's like, so. Wouldn't these hold more food if they were just <laughs> cylinders instead of, yeah. like, statues that have a lot of space taken out in order to form your image? Like, wouldn't wouldn't they be better at their job if they weren't like this? It sort of felt like, <laughs> whatever. It sort of felt like regression, too, didn't it? To be like, oh, let's make these really intricate uh, slave-made statues full of grain. Oh, boy. Uh, you know, when we just watched the movie about how slavery's bad and we're gonna not have uh-huh. those anymore, and I was like, oh, yeah. oh okay. I have, I have some questions about the depiction <laughs> of slavery in this movie. Yeah. It was pretty different from when we just watched. And also, yeah. the fact that the fact that it's like he was sold into slavery and oh my god there was like a scene where all the slaves were like good morning how you doing when they were by <laughs> on the way to make that stuff like they were happy to do it and I'm just god. like who are these people I know oh god um. <laughs> you know what? Sorry. You know what I'm just picturing is Robin Hood. Um. Um. Oh, the one with uh, what's his name? Um, Prince of Thieves, Men in Tights, the Disney one. Yes, what? where like he goes into the prison. And Which he gets, one? He get, well, the one where he gets. Yeah, I think it was Men in Tights, where he gets issued the beard, and they're all like all in yes. there, and then he gets chained. No, and that definitely all, yeah. happened in Prince of in Prince of Thieves, that r- serious one. <sighs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you. <laughs> well, I just, I just it was it was sometimes. almost like here's your beer, here's your here's your wig, here's your tunic. I don't know. It was just remind reminiscent of here issue. Here's all your. This was way earlier in the movie, but there was this nice little transition between the smoke of a fire going out and the sand dunes, and I was like, "Hey, you did an art transition pretty good. Good job." Also, that fat lady in the market's boob jiggle made me unhappy. <laughs> I didn't even I was like, notice oh. that. I was like, oh, we need to animate that? Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Mm-hmm. Didn't notice. I, I just... What would the movie have been like if it were live action? Do you think you would have enjoyed it as much? Oh, gee. There's also a stage version of this, I'm pretty sure. Joseph and no, the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Yeah. That one's been based around on for this a... specific version? Well, or... no. It's not based on Based this. on the story. Gotcha. Based on the story. Well, maybe it's better. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't 
Listen, I think I saw like this one guy in Branson one time do a bunch of songs from it. I don't ask me. It was a long time ago. He has like one song that I was like, oh, this is catchy. I mean, I sure hope that the songs in that are better than the ones in this, but that's in the next section. <laughs> that's fair. Well, you know, honestly, this is one of those things where I I want to almost say I don't see how live action could be much worse. Um, but I, but yeah, you know, it could, I guess things can always be worse. I don't know. I don't know if I would have formed any more attachments to his parents. I mean, I feel like it wouldn't be that much different. I feel like I feel just as little either way. Cause it's not like this. It's not besides the weird Van Gogh dreams, which don't need to be Van Gogh. There's nothing artistically in this movie that really warrants it being animation. Like, it doesn't do much of anything with the format besides those dreams. So, like, I don't Yeah, like, I don't know. It'd probably be just as meh. I don't know. Yeah. I think, I don't know if it would be better, but I think it would be easier than, say, Prince of Egypt would be, just because there's less magic to it. There's, like... The dream sequences and that's it. That's all they'd have to figure out. And everything else could just be... Yeah, and there's less focus on like sweeping vistas and stuff like that, which you can do in live action, but I, I just the kind of painterly quality that they had in, in Prince of Egypt. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I think they wouldn't have that hard a time doing it, but I can't say it would make it any better or worse. It would probably be just as middling. Yeah, I can agree with that. Let's talk about sound design. I put this opening song as meh, and then all of my other notes are similar. Are similarly, <laughs> I don't. I put at one point none of the musical numbers feel right, like they should be happening. They just kind of, and it's not even that there's no musical buildup because there is some musical buildup in the score before each of them start. But I still never felt prepared for them to start. They just kind of started happening. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course we're singing. Okay, cool. And they never did anything for me. That's fair. Uh, you know, I, again, the the, the instrumentals, the, this, it wasn't bad, but I, I guess there was, there was nothing to make me really attached or really invested in them any more than any of the characters. Oh, I can list the songs, too, yes, if you please. have trouble remembering. Miracle Child, um, couldn't tell you what it sounds like, even though it's the opening number and goes on forever. Uh, Bloom, Marketplace, it's literally just called that. Whatever Roads at Your Feet, Better Than I, More Than You Take, and then a reprise of Bloom. Can I just say that? Now, I couldn't sing a single one of those for you to remind you what they sound like, but they were all there. (laughs) None of them were memorable, but of all of them, I feel like Bloom was the biggest snooze fest. It was almost, you know, that Charlie song from Willy Wonka. When did it happen? I can't remember. It was the mom singing to him when he was all uh, despondent. Yeah. And then later his love interest reprised it for reasons, because apparently that's the only song. Reasons. Yeah, that's the only song the female characters can sing is something (laughs) about blooming. But, it's the only one that we writ- that we wrote in their register. <laughs> Maybe so. Well, but there's a the more than you take song was a like a montage duet, wasn't it? With the I don't remember. It's all such a blur yeah, for me. These I, musical the only numbers song that I kind of liked was because I had heard it already, and it was better than I. And I swear that's the one I've heard sung at church before. And I don't know how old this movie is. I guess it's 
same, you said 98, 99? 2000. 2000. This is 2000. Did I go to church in 2000? It's interesting that you say that because I do have a specific note for that song. And it's that it makes me want to die musically, <laughs> plot-wise, and especially with all of the flashbacks. Oh my god. <laughs> so oh my I didn't like it. Mm. Um, and I don't, I'm don't. i not going to slam you for liking it. That's cool. Um, or, or like disliking it the least, however you put it. <laughs> it was but, okay. Um, I didn't like it. I have to Danica, look at the lyrics. you don't want to bloom? <laughs> yeah, I thought bloom I just, was by far the worst song. Yeah. Here's the thing. All of the music, most of the music in this movie sounds like Christian music. Yeah. And that is, for me, very damning because... I don't like to listen to Christian music. It generally sucks. And I don't mean like the songs that you sing in church. I mean like Christian music that they put on Christian radio stations. <laughs> that kind of music. Um, no offense, Mom. I would rather listen to Michael Card than any of the songs in this movie. So it's not like I hate all of that sort of music. But this okay. is like, yeah. I guess, the worst, most banal kind of christian music to me and it's just like the piano and and the man singing in falsetto earnestly about god i hate it i hate it so much and so that's why better than i makes me the most upset because it is the (laughs) most that of any of these songs i need to look at the lyrics because it could be one of those things where i didn't think anything of it because i'd already heard it and i wasn't paying attention to the words and then you go back and you go oh (laughs) Oh, i have no idea what the words were although he definitely i mean talked about half of these songs were just about how god is good and like yeah maybe you're suffering but like it's part of his plan or you should just be happy anyways or something well there you know there Trust me, there's so many songs, you know, in, in church that I used to sing or on retreats. Oh, same. Some of them are still Ryan Bops. Yeah, I was going to say, but, but they also made me emotional between the lyrics and and the, the, the music and the score or the beat or the tempo, whatever. There was nothing in, in any of these that made me feel closer to God, that made me feel spiritual, that made me feel drawn to the characters, that made me, you know, that made me feel emotional. But there just really isn't. There's There was really nothing memorable, nothing that I wanted to sing along to or or remember even a refrain or a phrase that I'd sing in my head again. I mean, yeah, I'm no, there are plenty of hymns that like, like I could, I like even pop up in my head sometimes. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's a good song. Like, like, yeah. Uh, just to clarify for audiences sake, I'm a like atheist, like very atheist. Uh, Mom is, is not. So we're coming at this from different angles, but I think we both still basically agree is like, Christian music isn't always terrible, but this is what I feel like Christian music's conception is in my head of like just how meh and just not good it is, even though there is good stuff. Yeah. And and Danica was raised Catholic with me and and, and attended, you know, through through high school. Yeah, and, so and I've we heard used to lots enjoy Yeah, and we used to enjoy singing songs and things, you know, like that. And she of course, also grew up listening to my. These three kings yeah. is still like one of yeah. my favorites. I love that song. But listening to my Michael Card and um, why I'm going blank on some of my other 
my other That's the main ones one that I, I play again and again. I know, which I loved, but I like but yeah. So so I just who? I, I just wait, don't... Wait, wait. I want to hear who Vaughn liked. Oh well, oh. I had this one CD with a bunch of Michael W. Smith songs on it, and some of those oh. were bumping. Yeah, nice. and Amy Grant, <laughs> Amy Grant, wonderful artist, and yeah. So there are, I mean, just like the storytelling in this movie, I feel like it was. I want to say, for lack of a better word, lazy. It just wasn't compelling. It wasn't engaging storytelling. And the same with the music, the score, the lyrics. There, there was, there was nothing again that made made me feel any more emotional for or about the characters. Do you remember that one musical number that's called Marketplace that like <laughs> just kind of happened in the background, and then like there was like a little bit of talking and sound effects over it. And it just kind of existed. And I was like, Oh yeah, I guess there's a musical number going on. Why? Because it's weird. I don't understand that one being in there. I don't even, but also, remember it. but also it was my favorite one. Cause it's the one I disliked the least. <laughs> <laughs> was that when they were first taking him into Egypt and he was on his way to the docks? Yeah. When they were going through the market, were there people singing? Yeah. I don't even remember it. I, no one's singing, but the there is a choir huh. in the background singing. Weird. I didn't. And it's like it music. It's like the it's like the music for the place, basically, because they're singing some stuff about uh, probably slavery and stuff. I don't totally remember, but like, yeah, like there's there's a song going on even though no one is singing, and then there's like some dialogue that's lightly spoken over it and stuff. It's weird. Hmm. Okay. Anything else in this section that you guys want to say? And this was, sorry, I, just like the movie, this is like blurring together for me. So what all have we covered? We've covered story. Have we covered animation? Story, characters. Yeah, we did animation. I guess the only thing I was going to add to animation is that it was not, not that it was it was bad. I mean, you know, the colors were nice, but it just was not the quality, uh, you know, uh, uh, Prince of Egypt. By any well, means. certainly. And again, I went into the movie expecting that because this isn't this is a straight to DVD movie like it's 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 better than Return of Jafar's quality. Like, certainly Jafar, that one was the first Disney sequel um, that was direct to D- uh, DVD or VHS at the time, I guess, I suppose. Um, like, it's not terrible, but it's certainly nowhere near Prince of Egypt's quality. Um, and it and it never was going to have the budget for that to happen. I Like, I think they did okay with what they had the budget to do, but it's not... I mean, it's not memorable. It's not, it's not amazing to look at. Like, it's fine. I yeah. Know. I couldn't pinpoint why, but... As soon as it started, like, from the first scene, I was like, this budget's way lower. And I, I don't know if it was missing shadows or, or there was less detail on the characters' faces. I don't know. It was something right off the bat. I was like, ah, this is, this is gonna be a trip. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, you can just immediately feel it. Like, it's not, it's not there. Which it's is not weird, the same because level. you said they mm-hmm. were developed at the same time, at least at the beginning, right? Yeah, and Wiki's unclear so i'm not entirely it says that some of the same people worked on both but i don't know at what level because it's certainly not like the people directing it or making the music or anything like that so i don't know i'm not sure do we want to go on to the part of our podcast that it's named after how's it hold up 
I th- we have two we have two big ones to talk about, but I do just want to say poor wolves getting demonized again. <laughs> Why we got to keep doing this to wolves? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're so bad, aren't they? And everything. Uh, I, I know, know, right? It's like you know, wolves aren't that bad, guys. Come on, uh, but whatever. Yeah, I was gonna say I wasn't a fan of uh, the ladies dancing in his household. Oh yes, at the end. Yeah. Well, the ones with the bowls of fruit. Mm-hmm. Wasn't yeah, that felt fan. that felt weird. I agree with that. I don't even remember what you're talking about. Remember when he was like, terrible. "Oh, we'll feast with the brothers," and then he had like these three women coming down in like these, you know, two piece dresses, and they were holding huge bowls of fruit, but they were kind of doing it seductively. Yeah, and they were dancing, and and it was you know, like, yeah, yeah. So. That sounds gross, and honestly, a pretty good segue into wow slavery sure is being glossed over in this movie isn't yes. it yes. Yes, yes which is really weird given the movie that preceded it which starts with focusing on the horrors of slavery and well, how mistreated and they even are within this movie it's like oh no they sold me into slavery how horrible and then it's like he, yeah but then like he, he seems slaves. to have a pretty good time of it yeah. until the one thing that is the other thing in this section that we'll talk about but like he has a pretty good he like he doesn't seem to be that bad for him really and even for example, when they are they are um, storing the grain and they're they're doing things in the silos, there was like going up to the the, the pyramids of the huge statues. There was just this you know zigzag you know huge incline, like and there was just lines of people that were it was passing. But they they seemed happy. There weren't any slave masters. Remember that time where whips. people started working in the fields, and then his like wife and two other ladies came up, and they're like, "We'll help." Yeah, that was that sounds real. <laughs> I was like, "What do these ladies think they're gonna do over here with their fancy schmancy outfits and their everything?" Yeah, That's- and that one guy's bag rips them, and Joseph like he gets he gets the stuff that's falling out, and he's like, "Oh, hey, man!" And that guy. I was like, oh, hey, man. Yeah, it's like, I'm helping. Here. <laughs> Never mind this 50-pound sack of grain that I've got to carry every three seconds. Right? <sighs> yeah, it's really, really uncomfortable. It's like, we just don't want to deal with the fact that our protagonist starts a or doesn't start a slave, becomes a slave, but then also, once he gets out of that, is like, pretty cool just having slaves. <laughs> yes. Like, pretty all about it, really. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. But then we also need to talk about um, the whole rape subplot. We need to discuss that. And it is in the Bible. um, So it exists because of that. But it was pretty terrible. (sighs) Yeah. I mean, she was. I mean, she looks like she's DTF the whole time. So it's not like it's even a surprise. But like. Ugh. Yeah, I don't even know what I to mean, say about it. It's it's pretty gross. I was like, mm. I, he runs away. Supposedly nothing happens, but are you saying- I feel in- like stories like this that exist in the Bible uh, is the reason so many men are like not interested in believing women when they say that someone raped them. Yeah. Because, well, look, there's this whole biblical tale about how often women are liars about that and will just say it to get what they want or because they were the aggressor and then wanted to punish the man for not wanting to give in to it. It's gross and I hate it. Mm. And I, 
And I mean, I don't know that this subplot can even be salvaged beyond just being removed, but even, I feel like it probably could have been at least uh, done at least a little bit better than this, because like her whole character is nothing. Like she just looks away from the moment you see her and then just suddenly is like, Hey man, want to be with me? And then is like, Oh no, he did this to me. Oh, well, I feel a little bit of bad about it if you're going to kill him. So like, I guess I'll maybe admit kind of without directly saying it, but it's just, it's so gross. I don't know. Well, there was that. And then I, not to like change the subject, but she, she has no character development whatsoever. She basically just exists for the purpose of this. And then when she's like trying to hide her tracks by blaming it on Joseph, she immediately caves and is like, wait, no, don't yeah. kill him. Which is like, why even lie in the first place if you weren't going to go through with it? Know. And then because she didn't want him to be killed, I guess that was a step too far. <laughs> I mean, I feel like in that day and age, uh, a woman, a woman doesn't have a lot of protection if you're going to do that sort of thing. Your captain of the guard husband's probably just going to have you killed, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, that was like a thing. People got stoned for that kind of stuff back in the day. That was like in the Bible. So I was like, woman, what, what is your thought process here? I don't. And then know. Potiphar, even though she basically confessed that she lied and it was all her, he's just like, well. Get rid of him anyway. Send him to prison. <laughs> so I was right? like, this man that until Valor- this point had Valerie seemed- looked it up and like in the Bible, there isn't like a, I'm going to kill him. And then she's like, oh no, I, I lied. And he's like, okay, well I'll just put him in prison. He just puts him in prison to begin right. with. Like there's no conversation so about what it. What the heck? There's no point in all that. It's so. Does it say in the Bible that she admitted? No. Oh, Okay. That no, he just catches. That's interesting. She just she just sees a hot slave, wants to get with him, and he's like, "No, that would be wrong to do to my master or whatever." And then leaves his. I think he just. I don't think anything's torn. I think he just leaves some of his clothes, and then she like screams and is like, "Look, he left his clothes. He was trying to do whatever." And then he just gets put in jail. Hmm. Very yucky. And yeah, I mean, I it's. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how they would get him from point A to B. So in that sense, I guess... Anything besides that. I like, just change... I know it's what's in the Bible. Just change it. (laughs) Just change it. It's fine. Just change it. Yeah. (sighs) And I think that's... I mean, I think it's just indicative of the whole problem with this movie is that it is so beholden to exactly what the Bible story is. And it feels like Prince of Egypt was willing to bend stuff when it suited the story, you know? Well, you know and that's what this movie needed. You know what's interesting? And I maybe I'm reaching too far with this, but I was glancing at the uh, Wikipedia article and there's a section that says differences from the Bible. And apparently <laughs> there were three eldest brothers of the sons that got excluded from the film, probably because they did horrible stuff like they they tried to kill people like or they literally killed people and so it's interesting that they erased that from this film but didn't erase this weird forceful 
scene with this woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why was why did that happen? You know, like they could have easily replaced that with a different scenario. Like maybe he was caught quote unquote stealing because she didn't like him and was just trying to get rid of him. Or, or something. Like, they could have come up with another Maybe premise. she's, like, jealous of how much her husband, like, seems to like this guy. And is like, he's not paying as much attention to me. I'm just yeah. gonna frame I mean, him for stealing. There were and other things he gets in trouble. they could have chosen to do since they've already chose to, to erase or change other stuff that was, you know, exactly. not good. So... Well, it, it's, it's weird, too, because another... I mean, I don't remember if it's Charlton Heston also. Whatever growing up movies that I used to see with this, with this theme. I want to say that he had a close relationship with, with the wife as far as... I don't know. But she was in love with him and he was not, you know, obviously with her. But they didn't... He didn't hate her and it wasn't like... Here I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna force myself on you every second. It was, it, I don't know, it was a weird. It was, it was a complicated, a more complicated dynamic. I still don't yeah, think it was nothing real. Nothing complicated. Exactly. About I mean, it movie. still wasn't. I'm saying just wonderfully done. I don't, you know, remember yeah, how. I th- but I think it's hard to make this plot point good, right? <laughs> in any way, but it but certainly it could yeah. arguably still be better than it was. Yeah. Yeah. But also just change, just just change it. Um, are you guys cool to go on to spoiler stuff? Yep. Yeah. Let's go on to our spoiler alert. Skip to one hour, two minutes, and thirty-five seconds. I literally have nothing written down for this section. Um, <laughs> I mean, I know stuff happened, but I just was so checked out at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, they do the thing where they keep the grain and then inevitably his brothers come cause they need some food. And then he doesn't about face on how his character has been for most of the movie and decides. And I mean, I get it. Like of all things, I understand being upset with and wanting to screw over these men who sold you into slavery, but if his character had been more consistent throughout the movie, that probably would have been more impactful. Because as it is, it's just, oh, okay, we're doing this now. Well, <laughs> I his, don't know. Yeah, his wife, I feel like, definitely was one of the most, in, to me, enjoyable characters to watch. She seemed to be... Yeah, their love came out of nowhere and was stupid but idea yeah, i did appreciate her in in this portion of the movie where she's kind of the moral compass yeah well and i mean she did she did try to you know give him food in prison and she did you know, bef- you I know. like when she brought that up and I was like, oh, you mean that one time <laughs> where you dropped it halfway through lowering it and then it got eaten by rats? Yeah. I remember that time. Yeah, yeah I know. That's hilarious. We, we, would, we would hope that she did more than once. Because, I know, yeah, but they really like, needed to show him? it at least one more time. I know. Like, I know. That's funny. Especially if you're going to reference it later. Like, Yeah, no, that's, that's funny. But what I was just going to say... Her seeming to, yeah, like you said, being the moral compass, her being aware of noticing things are wrong, seeing you know, what is going on, why are you doing this, you know, why are you, you know, acting this way, and just kind of staying on top of that. I feel like she, you know, I liked how she stayed consistent. I, it, it, similarly to how they just made it like, oh, slavery and everything is fine. I can't imagine that 
they would have welcomed outsiders in a time of famine with just open arms like that. And just, yeah, let the whole household come. I mean, I think that does, you know, I think that is biblical, but still, that's a lot of people coming during a time of of famine. I kind of loved it, Jan, only because I wanted when they came around the bend and he saw how many more of them there were for him to be like, I didn't realize there were this many. You know, like, (laughs) oh, hang on. Wait a minute. I didn't, I didn't think you all were married. You got those in-laws with you? Oh, no, I didn't know. How many kids are there? Oh, geez. We don't, yeah, you know, like I really was having fun imagining that playing out. And then, can I just ask, like, was was he? Whatever happened to the Pharaoh? Because I realized he was supposed to be like number two, but he stopped mattering once he gave Joseph that position. See, I was this. Oh gosh, I hope nobody in my family ever listens to this because be like, ah, I can't believe you don't remember all these Bible stories. I'm not gonna lie. When this first started, I was getting it mixed up with uh, David in the lion's den, and I thought for sure he was gonna become <laughs> Pharaoh at some point because I think that's what happens with David. Is it David? Is that that? Guy? I think you're right. Maybe yeah. <laughs> I think I was kind of expecting that too because I didn't really remember what happened to him after he lost his cool coat and got sold into slavery. Yeah, and I was I was kind of thinking, did he become Pharaoh and I missed it, or is he still just number no, two? No, I don't think so. Okay, mm-hmm. no, yeah, no. no yeah, I think no. he's just number two. Yeah, I mean, he was um, just yeah. Also, just real quick, um, just to remind me when we get to favorites and least favorites. Um, I, I forgot to mention who some of the voice actors are, and I feel that's worth discussing. Oh, yeah. in a part of the podcast that everyone will listen to. So yeah. <laughs> Anyways, mm, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, well, anyway, it was. Um, I guess the spoilers is again just. That his brothers, you know, or some of the many, sure enough that the prediction that there was going to be seven years of great bounty followed by seven years of famine, they stored grains. Now, now they're portioning it out. And now even people from other lands are coming and his, he sees his brothers. He's, you know, just trying to get back at them. And ultimately, they bring the youngest brother, and he is going to keep the youngest brother, sets him up, and you know, plant something on them. But then, well, first he keeps the other brother and tells them to bring their youngest brother. Yes. Then they bring the youngest brother, and then yeah, then he like sulks in his in his pharaoh chair. (laughs) Yeah, because he like looks at the cup and and, like gets a devious grin. He thought he had a gotcha, and then it was like, oh wait, there actually is one. Dang it. I thought I was going to get him with this. That was so crazy. I was like, in a way, I was kind of like, finally, get your payback, you know? But then at the same time, it wasn't consistent with the rest of his character because he was in jail at least long enough to grow a beard and a tree. Yeah. And- yeah, the tree growing. It's like, he had to be in there a while. Yeah, and then Polifar yeah. showed up and he was like, uh, hey, uh, sorry I let this happen. And he was sorry like, I've already man. forgiven you. I was like, What? at least when the brothers sold him into slavery he got stuck in a good home where they like gave him a whole bunch of nice clothes in his own place and like let him paint and stuff he got thrown in in the desert without his cool jacket for a little while i mean i guess but i was like what what are you you're like one minute you're like so forgiving and the next minute spiteful mcspidey pants Uh, that's so weird okay joseph Oh, Vaughn, are you still on the the Wikipedia page? Yes. Can you go to the end of the plot summary part and read the last sentence? I mean, it just says the Hebrews then enter Egypt not knowing the hardships they would face many years later. Yeah, that's rough, right? (laughs) (laughs) The whole end sequence is like this big celebration. And it's like, 
ooh, that's going to go pretty bad for you guys, actually. <laughs> yeah, uh-oh. <laughs> Maybe you should have found somewhere else to get your grain. Right? Like, oh, no. It's like, that's the one way in which this relates to the other movie, and it's in a really sad, messed yeah. up way. Bummer. <laughs> <laughs> Just... Well, we I was just so amused that that, that someone because I made that joke at the end of the movie to Valerie, oh. and then the Wikipedia also realized that too and said it. <laughs> it was like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, oh goodness, <laughs> poor people. Oh yeah. Anything else with the spoilers? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just other than he does finally, with two as his wife, you know, helping him finally be a better version of himself. He, he when he finally does see that the brothers did have remorse for what they did and that they were willing to sacrifice themselves for their youngest brother. And when he heard, I don't know why he did, it didn't ring true because they had said at the beginning, but why he did, didn't seem to register with Joseph that his father had suffered immensely at his, you know, at the loss of him when Joseph yeah, was missing. I'm not sure. But then I think finally between the brothers trying to sacrifice themselves for the youngest brother, Benjamin, you know, and knowing again how much the father suffered when Joseph had disappeared and he thought he was dead, then he, yeah, then he reveals himself and yeah. invites and them I, back. And I feel... I feel like that whole final scene is supposed to be the emotional heart of the movie, but there's the beginning of the movie didn't do enough to explore the brotherly bonds in any way beyond he's kind of douchey and they resent him because their parents make no secret that they love him way more. And then the middle of the movie happens, which plot-wise gets him where he needs to be, but thematically and, like, character arc-wise does nothing beyond that, and then that part happens. And it's like, you needed things, like, from a writing standpoint, you needed things to lead up to this moment to make it emotionally impactful, and you you didn't. You didn't do it in the beginning when they were together, and you didn't do anything in the middle to to explore his issues or why he might end up being the way that he is here to where things would be difficult for him. Like there's nothing with that happens. He just has a bad time in jail after being accused of rape and then makes a tree grow because he believes in God. Like none of that has anything to do with his emotional character journey based on like around his brothers and like the hurt that he had there and so nothing in that final scene makes me feel anything even though it comes the closest i guess out of anything because there was no build-up it's just can we also (sighs) address the fact that the mom sort of like the wives of jacob are erased almost consistently throughout the story. Like the first wife or like, I don't know how many wives he had. Cause I'm terrible at Bible lore. Probably a but lot. It's like, Oh, look at all my other sons I have with other people. And here's this new one. And she dies. And at first 
Joseph is kind of like, oh no, my mom. And then it's never addressed again. Like, he forgives the brothers for all this other stuff and all the hurt they caused his dad because, hey, look, I'm still alive. But uh, guess what? Rebecca or Leah or whatever her name was is still dead. <laughs> and he never got to see her again for 20 yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? And he gets over it so fast. And uh, just like from a writing standpoint, that's a consistent problem in stories where women get erased or killed and it doesn't it's it's like a plot point and nothing more <laughs> and it's kind of a little problematic if you think about it oh yeah a lot problematic really yeah. it's just so indicative of like how men write stories it's just and speaking of female yeah. erasure there was apparently a sister and they didn't bring her up at all oh, yeah story. i saw something about that <laughs> yeah they didn't put her in the story at all so I saw something also in in like the middle of the the Wikipedia thing where oh yeah where they're talking about character motivations and like they they were trying to to if stuff wasn't working they were trying to find out what makes each character tick and I'm just sitting here so sadly because it's like well, you didn't do it though yeah. but anyways they talk about how apparently the reason that Joseph is the favorite son is because he looks so much like his favorite wife. So he doesn't only have a favorite son. He had a favorite wife. And the reason he likes this son so much is because he looks like her. Oy. Oy. Wow. Neat. And you're saying that's from the Bible? No, that was what they described as their character motivations. I don't know if that's oh. in the Bible or not. Yeah. But that is at least the writers of this movie, at least, that is Jacob's reason for loving Joseph's more than anyone else. Ugh. Oh, gosh. Oh, jeez. Don't like so that. So that's a whole Don't thing, like too. <laughs> yeah. Well, at the end, supposedly, he was overjoyed to see his father, but again, I feel like he was as, you know, closer, closer to his mother. Even, so. like, a moment of, like, like, sitting, like, standing there sadly, contemplatively of, like, She's gone. Yeah. And and at least yeah, something. I know. I mean, he did do that, but then after that, it was never again. It wasn't like... But like, not even enough for me to remember that he did yeah, it, <laughs> It was kind of like a shocked Pikachu face that she was dead. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> shocked Pikachu. Yep. Yep. I mean, really, that's all it was. And then no, it was yeah. like, and moving on, what about dad? Who is really <sighs> old. It's been 20 years. How old is this man? Is he Methuselah? Like... What? I don't know. He's just so old. He's It's Jacob. He's like an important dude in the Bible, right? It's been a long time. I, I don't so, remember. I don't know. I feel kind of bad I don't remember all this. I don't feel remotely bad, but you know. <laughs> no, he lived very, very long, but yeah, I don't remember yeah, how old right? he was supposed to be. I feel like he, I mean, it feels like some of the old men in, in the Bible like lived hundreds of years. Yeah, so. no, definitely. Definitely. I think Moses does too, but we don't need to get into all that. Um, anything else for the spoiler section? think I'm good. All right. No more spoilers. Let's move on to our favorites and least favorites. What was your least favorite scene in the movie? Well, yeah, definitely <sighs> the scene with... Yeah, definitely <laughs> What's the her face? scene, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, accusation, whatever. Super uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, that whole thing. Definitely. I think we all agree, right, Mom? Yes. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Favorite scene? <laughs> There's so many ridiculous ones. I, I really was struck by that one with all the slaves like, good morning, hello, how are you? Just happy to work. Because it was so preposterous. So in a way, that was it my was. favorite scene. Oh, I'm trying to think of others, but the whole thing was so silly. Mine, mine is just kind of the the mon the marriage montage that he had with um, 
anyway, with his wife and getting to know her and, and, or maybe one of the scenes with the cats, like when he put the, the, the series when of he put the, montages. When, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when he put the milk, uh, the milk thing and you got to see that cool cat that she come, came out. The cats were really yeah, cool, cool looking. Cat. His name yeah. was you Kia. know what, mom, you're, you're right. I've been casting about like, what did I like on this? That cat was pretty it was cool. Really cool. The scene that had yeah. the cat was cool. Yeah. I like that. My favorite and they didn't scene, demonize the cat either. I know. I it was, know, it was right? just a really so cool. Yay. Yeah, so that's a win. Yeah, cool, regal looking cat. I loved it. Yeah. She had yeah, pierced that'll ears. That'll be my vote for favorite scene. <laughs> the cat had pierced ears. Did y'all notice that? Oh, did it? I oh, did yeah. it. Oh, they okay, put yeah. little earrings in both her ears. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I probably hated that. Yeah. Um, who was your least favorite character in the movie? The. Pontifer's I mean, wife. that lady, right? Yeah, Pontifer's There's wife. There's so many, yeah. though. The aunt. Like, Simeon was annoying. I, sure. Judah didn't the, even really do Yeah, much, one of the honest. brothers, whoever was the brother that was like, they got the silver and that was just kind of like, yeah, let's, you know. Oh, since know. we're on characters, let me talk about some of the voice actors that are in mm. this. By all means. Joseph is voiced by Ben Affleck. Yeah, that oh. surprised me when I saw it. I was like, oh, yeah, I was, I was like, his voice sounds weirdly familiar, not necessarily in a great way. And then I looked it up. I was like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> sure. That's who it is. Wow. Uh, Judah, the, the old, the oldest son or whatever is uh, Mark Hamill, oh which my I did. Gosh. I, 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 don't I know swear. Why I never like, know. <laughs> after, after just a small handful of his lines, I was like. Is that him? And I looked it up, and it was, and I was like, mm, got you again, man, every time. I never <laughs> noticed, and I feel dumb every time. I know, me neither. Me neither. Asenath, which that's his wife, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, that's uh, Jody Benson, who you might also know as Ariel from Little Mermaid. Yeah, I didn't, wow. didn't notice okay. that either. I felt so ridiculous <laughs> when I realized these things. <laughs> The voice of Homer Simpson, Dan Castellaneta, is in this movie. He's the auctioneer and the horse trader who, wow, we didn't even talk about that, how that guy just, like, casually gets turned into a slave off screen. Oh, yeah, oh, my god! <laughs> He's just like, oh, you made me mad. Well, you're going to be a slave. And we're just like, I, I think we're supposed to be okay with it. Because <sighs> there's no, like, oh, that sucks. Like, it's just as a thing that happens. And I'm like, okay. What well, if it um, had actually been a broken scale? What if it had? And you're just like, well, forget you and your broken scale. Oh, that would be so right? sad and hilarious, though, but also sad. Um, and then Issachar, who I assume is one of the sons and the lead trader, are voiced by Jess Harnell, who um, I most know as Wacko from Animaniacs. Oh, okay. And he all, I mean, he does a lot of other stuff. Most of these voice actors do a lot of other stuff, too. But yeah. Did we all decide on our least favorite character? No, we haven't talked favorite no. or least favorite character. I think I scenes. just said that my least favorite character is is the is the. I think we all lady, agreed the wife. on her, right? I mean, oh yeah, I fibbed. Yes, we did agree on that. Yes. Okay, yeah. So favorite character. Oh gosh, so toughy for me. I'm gonna say the wife. I don't know. I think so, the the good wife. Yeah, the, yeah. Um, yeah. His yeah, yeah. Joseph's Asana, wife. Asana, Joseph's Asana, wife. Awesome author. Something. I, like I, I thought she was the most compelling, or you know, character. I, that... I guess I agree. Yeah, she was the nicest and the one that I disliked the least. I guess. Yeah, I'm trying to rack my brain for all the other characters. This not very many of them are likable. Maybe like that. Oh, let's see. Let's see. Um, Joseph, Judah, Jacob, Rachel, Azanath, Zuleika, Zuleika, Zuleika. Uh, Potiphar, the Pharaoh, auctioneer, horse trader, butler, baker, uh, Simeon, slave trader, Issachar, lead trader, Zuleika's servant, 
additional voices, Servant, Benjamin, Levi, and Potiphar's guard. So, I, I, if it weren't for that whole, well, you can go to jail for no reason thing, and the, <laughs> you know, making that dude a slave, I would have said Potiphar, but... Yeah, I was gonna say, I like hearing Potiphar the list, I like the butler. <laughs> the butler's the best character in the in the whole thing. Which one was the butler? I don't even remember. He was remember. the guy in jail with him who had that dream where he was like, oh yeah, the oh, Pharaoh's yeah, good. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was a good guy. Wow, how how much does that suck for that other dude? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is going to happen. And it's just like, yeah, I guess that happened to that guy. Wow, mm-hmm. what did he do? I don't know. Benjamin don't also know. did nothing wrong, so he's okay. Yeah, Benjamin's fine. Also, also. He looks, he looks a lot like Joseph. Ooh, yeah, apparently. I guess, it, I guess it makes sense to some degree, but it's kind of a little bit just frozen. Same face syndrome. The best horse in all of Egypt also gets kudos. He gets a... <laughs> so the... That's valid. That's valid. I wonder what happened to that horse since Potiphar refused to take him. <laughs> and the other guy got thrown okay. in jail. So. We can only hope that that horse is okay. Yeah. I'm still going to stick with the wife as my favorite character. I think I will too. Um, But yeah, it's hard to pick because everyone kind of sucks. This movie was a musical, so I guess we have to try to determine (laughs) what our least favorite and favorite songs were from it. What's your least favorite song in this movie with its very memorable songs that I actively can remember what they sound like in my head right now? Uh, My least favorite's Bloom. I would agree. That's valid. My least favorite is better than I, and I already <laughs> ranted about that. Yeah. <laughs> but also, Bloom's... I mean, I accept it. All of them are bad. <laughs> um, favorite song? I don't even... Mine I is could... Marketplace, because it mm. bothers me the least. I can't even remember what it was, but the montage where they got married, because, you know... <laughs> Whatever roads I at your that... feet, maybe? Or is that more I than you take? I think it's more than you, more than you take. take. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. And I would say it's yeah. after better than I would I, say so yeah. either that one or better than I, even though I know you hate it. I'm sorry. That, no, that's fine. You're valid. Your choices are Thank valid, Con. <laughs> I mean, let's this be honest. Like, None of them are great. But <laughs> oh no! Of, of None the... of these are songs I want to put on a podcast. No, uh, uh, I don't want to listen to any of these songs again. Yeah, Vaughn, this is a safe space. It's Thank okay. You. <laughs> Share your ideas. You're awesome. Yes, yes. You can you can like songs that I think are trash fire garbage. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Um, if Tim Curry were in this movie, what character would he play? Ooh. I can't even try to sound excited about this. Yeah. I, I this know movie. because it would be a waste of Tim Curry. It'd be like, oh, Tim Curry. I'm gonna look I'm at that so character list. Yeah, to... I've got to look at the character list. I'm... Um, that's rough. Um, I can't maybe, see him seriously. What if he was the butler? I yeah, I could kind or of Pontifer, or maybe your Pontifer. I don't know, but I could maybe. I feel like the butler suggestion is heavily influenced by Clue. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> no. That's cute. Now see here, that's cute. That's cute. <laughs> um, that's cute. But other than that, I really don't know who I would seriously put him as. Okay, I have a bold take. Okay. Hear me out here. <laughs> Benjamin. Ooh. <laughs> oh, It'll oh, really set him weird. apart from Joseph. Ooh. <laughs> oh, what if what if he and was... he looks the same too. Now remember what you said on the last episode about him sounding kind of sexy? What if he was Zuleika? Would that make it better hmm. or worse? <laughs> hmm. Ooh, no. I don't No. It probably makes I mean 
not jokingly, it would make it worse because her voice would sound like a man's and Uh, then there would be other implications there. But if I live in a world wherein trans misogyny isn't a thing I have to deal with, that'd be... That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> like, just... And her face just looks like that the whole time, and you're like, huh, I guess that is what you would sound like. Okay, sure. Just thinking purely <laughs> off the sexiness of the voice, since she was always yes. like, mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how about Joseph? I might like him more. Yeah. Get rid of Ben Affleck and make it Tim Curry. Yeah, I, I, I could get behind that. I think I'm, I'm... Go be Batman or whatever, Ben Affleck. Yeah. If I you can, click I, on... Everyone uh, likes his Batman interpretation, right? If you click on Zuleika's name on the wiki, it sends you this great painting of her hitting on Joseph and him being like, Ugh, get away, foul oh, winch. Oh, is, no. <laughs> she's, yeah, it's it's special. Uh, okay do we want to go let's go on to overall consensus and rating who would like to go first on this well a wonderful journey we've been on gosh i'm gonna go with no i don't recommend this uh i should have come up with a rating i didn't anticipate this as per usual i'm gonna go with like a solid (laughs) 1.5 and that feels generous oh gosh that, that feels generous yeah, I, th- I think I think you're you're yeah you're good good ballpark. Um, again, I would I also would not recommend this, and I am going to also rate it one point five. I obviously clearly do not recommend this, and I'm glad I brought you all to where I'm at. <laughs> um, I would give it a one point two five. I think. Um, cause I bumped Aladdin to remake up to 1.5 after I saw Dumbo because I hated Dumbo so much. <laughs> so I think 1.25, I think I feel good about that. It's almost completely irredeemable trash, but like the animation's pretty fine. Yeah. It's and pretty, and that's what yeah. makes it one, that's, you know, what makes it 1.5 for me because not that the animation was fantastic, but it certainly was, was fine. It wasn't. It was passable. Yeah, yeah, you know, very, like it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just can't compare. I wonder if the scores would have been different if we'd watched these in a different order. You know what I mean? I mean, possibly, but I still can't imagine I would have particularly enjoyed this movie. But it is, like, just such a big fall from the height of Prince of Egypt to this. Yeah, I just wonder where it went wrong. Because it's like, they surely didn't have that much more to work with. You know, I mean, I think they just had they had a different creative team. Like the there none of the three directors who worked on Prince of Egypt worked on this. It was two other people, and just and and Hans Zimmer wasn't back. It was a dude who he vouched for, but like, what does that mm-hmm. say, really? I mean, the music was fine. Those I didn't have any real uh, the like not the songs, but the rest of the music is fine. Uh, but like, I, I mean, I think it's just I think the people who made Prince of Egypt approached it as. We want to tell this story because we feel like it can be a compelling story and we want to really zoom in on on like what can be so compelling about it. And when it came to making this movie, it feels like they were like Prince of Egypt's probably going to be you're probably going to do good. We're doing putting a lot of money and and effort into that. So let's make another Bible story. And yeah. let's let's just let's just do the Joseph one. That one's well known. Let's just do a Joseph story. And I mean, I, that's being a little uncharitable based on like the quotes that are on Wikipedia, because they definitely they tried, 
But it sounds like what they initially ended up with that, like, they they screened some, they screened some scenes from or whatever, and, and Jeffrey Katzenberg and stuff was like, no, this isn't good. It, it sounds like they were very literally just interpreting the stuff from the Bible and that, like, no one liked that. And so then at that point, they tried to zero in some more on character motivations and stuff, but, like, they couldn't completely change everything they'd already done so it's like you can only do so much when you're coming at it from this standpoint and only later trying to focus more on a character storytelling perspective you know what's what's weird I, i i have a couple of theories on why this isn't as successful but there's a lot of parallels actually between this story and the prince of egypt in terms of like the characters themselves having dramatic family dynamics and like meeting a woman that helps them out and like marries Even into a different conflict. culture yeah but i i wonder if there being so many more brothers kind of kept them from being able to develop stronger bonds or like relationships that made you care more about those characters just because there were so yeah. many of them yeah i think it i think to be better part of what it could have done to be better is focus more on, directly on the relationship between joseph and judah yeah and like really have there be some sort of connection like there has to be some sort of positive connection before you can feel sad about the connection going negative mm-hmm. and we never really got that there was beyond they're brothers, so they're supposed to care about each other. Oh, and I actually, I almost, I, I almost, I forgot this until this moment. So I need to say real quick, just because Valerie had a very good idea with the opening musical sequence about how he's a miracle child. Part of what could have made that sequence way better is having a counter melody come in halfway through the song with the brothers lamenting oh, yeah. how hey. he is. Mm-hmm. Like that alone, I got excited about. I'm like, yeah, that immediately sounds more interesting. That- than great. just this long song about how he's a miracle child and you visually a little bit see how the brothers are kind of disgruntled but like having an actual counter melody led by like Judah singing or whatever would be so much more impactful because singing in musicals is like the characters wearing their heart on their sleeve like showing what they really think and so him caring enough to sing would have added to caring about him as a character and caring about what he's singing about so much more. Having, you know, being the mother of multiple children, it is human nature for younger siblings to just idolize their older siblings, think they're just the coolest, the strongest, the most awesome. They want to emulate them. They want to follow them. They want to tag yeah, along. Yeah, Annalise has said before many times that she thought you and, and uh, sorry, me and you, Vaughn, and, and our friend group and stuff <laughs> were like the coolest oh, back in high school. Oh, no. Like she thought we were so rad and it wasn't until she got older <laughs> that she realized that we were big but yeah so i just mean to me it's very it it would be so natural that joseph was enamored by his brothers and especially judah who seemed to be the leader you know or or, you know or the the strongest and the and the wisest or the oldest that he would have wanted so you could have you could have shown whether it was through song montages or whatever you could have shown that dynamics and and him wanting ju- just and him being you know just enamored and thinking Judah was you know just the greatest in the world and Judah you know's natural instinct of feeling then protective kind of over him and and whatever but none of that was developed and it could have been and so I think too along with what you were saying Vaughn as far as where did they go so 
terribly wrong, especially in contrast with Prince of Egypt, is again, just if you're going to tell a story, an ancient story from, from the Bible or from history, if you don't let us feel attached to the emotions or what that person is and, and feel relatable, if you don't make your characters relatable to us or to each other, then it's going to be a disaster. See, that's the main relatable there. Like you saying that, that's the main way that you make even characters who are on the surface unlikable compelling. Mm -hmm. Is there has to be something about how they are or what they want or whatever that like you can relate to, even if say you disagree with how they're going about trying to get it or, or whatever. Like there has to be something that you're like, okay, I at least understand like this aspect of them feels human and real in this way, at least as like a foothold to then caring about the rest of the character. I mean, there's so many things you could have made him feel, you know, he's, he felt isolated from his first, he felt this, I mean, there's just so many emotions you could have let your characters feel and show us and, and, and just, just normal, natural feelings that people, emotions that people feel. None of that was brought out. There was just no nuance, no, no nuance. Yeah, I I just wanted to to point out, and maybe I'm wrong, correct me, but at least compared to Prince of Egypt, God had a lot less direct intervention in this story. In fact, I would argue he really didn't have any at all. Like, I don't think he ever speaks to Joseph, arguably the dream. No. But yeah. they mention him and say all oh, these dreams are a product of God. It's funny because I feel like they mention him a whole lot more in this movie compared to Prince of Egypt, and yet he does so little, at least directly discernibly, in this one. Like, you could almost you could almost argue this isn't really even a Christian film if it weren't for the music that harps on it so much, just because... And for, the, and for yeah, like, these characters who believe in that. The story doesn't really have any direct influence. Like, God doesn't have any influence, it seems like, almost, in the, in the story. And I wonder if that's one of the reasons that it didn't do as well, because I bet people like that about the Prince of Egypt, that whole interference and the miracles and speaking. I bet that that not being in this and being more like, you know, I'm sure their point was, oh, it's it's about having faith without having evidence. I'm sure that's what they were going for, but it, it's probably not as audience friendly. You know what I mean? Well, so, no, sure. well, the yeah. whole, they didn't do a good job of mapping out. The whole thing is all of that was interpreted and all of that was set up, but they didn't do a good job of laying that foundation. It wasn't done. It, it was not done well. And that is pretty much the chorus for this whole movie. Yes. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Vaughn, for being here. Thank this you, This has Vaughn. been a fun episode. Thank you for having me. Next time, we will be going to... A faraway land reached through the end, passing through a tunnel. But yes, please, Mom, give more thanks, uh, because I also agree, but give, you're so good at it. Give more thanks to Vaughn for being oh, here. no, yeah, Vaughn, you. you just add so much. I love no, having you. Stop. Thank you for just, you were amazing. And thank you for all of your your input and your insights. So it was no, an absolute sure. pleasure yes. having you, you here. Thank you thank for you. having I love you love too. You. Thank you so much for the, being on both of these episodes yes my pleasure all right and thank you all to all of our listeners please keep yes. um, liking subscribing uh follow us on all twitter of that good stuff all of that good stuff and stay safe out there and yeah yes join us again next time next time all right
Bye. Toodles. This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 279-0566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H.com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening.